When was the last time you played? <laughs> I mean, I for me, that is like, it's like saying, when was the last time you took a breath? <laughs> I challenge myself to, to play in some way. Um, almost every day, I, I try to build something silly with Lego. Um, or I try to just do something that is playful. For me, I, I played alone a lot as a, as a child. I wasn't an only child, but I had a lot of time by myself to go into my imagination and to, and to wander uh, around my, my thoughts. Um, so literally the last time I played was an hour ago when I put together a little Lego build or a post that I wanted to share on LinkedIn. Welcome to Lead with a Dash of Play. Here we talk about the how and why of reclaiming playfulness as adults in order to build more connected, innovative, and human-centered workspaces. Isn't that what leadership is all about? I'm your host, Mary Hendra. Let's play. My guest today is Paul Sandbar. For some people, Legos are just an integral part of their childhood, the memory of childhood. That wasn't really the case for me. But a few months ago, I signed up for a workshop for which we were sent Legos in advance. Paul was the facilitator. Paul, thank you so much for being here today. I would love to um, to turn it over to you first. What should people know about you? Oh, goodness. Thank you, Mary. Um, I guess first and foremost, and this is quite apropos, uh, play is at the center of, of really everything that I do. It took me uh, a little bit of time to uh, accept that that was my truth. I fought it, um, not in the sense that uh, that it was I, that I didn't want to <laughs> to have it be at the core of my being, but it was more about is this acceptable uh, in the business world, in in the executive coaching world? To answer your question a, a bit more specifically, I. I I refer to myself as an ingenuity and executive coach. Uh, I I work with with businesses, companies, uh, individuals, of course, teams and groups, and support them as a leadership coach to to do um, to support them to work through developmental gaps, all the things that that we do as an executive coach, whether it be uh, understanding your emotional intelligence, working on your communication understanding how to manage up or down all these pillars that we do. I just happen to infuse uh, my playful attitude into it, which of course I love to bring along my toys. And those <laughs> are as a, as a hands-on uh, visual thinking specialist, uh, my Lego. And also when I am maybe working from afar uh, my digital Lego, which is uh, which is the mural digital whiteboard, um, which yeah. allows me to engage people with hands-on thinking 
using uh, technology, using digital ways instead of uh, analog ways with my Lego. I feel a kinship when I had graduated from college and had entered the work world. I always kept in the trunk of my car, my toys. I had my rollerblades. I had Frisbees. I didn't even play Frisbee that often, but I always had toys in the back of my car. Just in case a game broke out. (laughs) You have to be prepared, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I met you because you were facilitating a workshop where we, we played with Legos. And shortly after that, I was speaking with a colleague who had asked me to help on a project. And he shared this analogy. He said that in asking for my help with this project, he was essentially trusting me with his Legos. Now, he didn't know that I had just played with Legos in a <laughs> workshop. So it was, you know, kind of fun. But he said he was he was trusting me with his his Legos to take them apart and put them together in a different way in order to um to come up with a different idea, a better idea. So I was thinking of that when I knew you were going to be on the podcast. Yeah. Do you see a connection between play and trust? Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, so much so. Well, one just I mean when when you shared that, you know, I thought back to when when I was a kid and you know, we had our toys, right? And we I mean we still have them now, but I think we were really fiercely, you know, we really wanted to know that if I'm going to share share something with you that you are going to treat it with respect. And trust is ev- literally everything begins with trust. There's actually a, a book with that title <laughs> um, because it, 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 it is at the basis of, of our exchange of everything. So yes, like three times yes. <laughs> um, and, and in our world today, especially with, you know, just how much it's changed in the last few years, trust when you may have never met somebody in person is a is a really important thing and you know trust uh, you know close cousin of psychological safety is yeah. is so very important and interestingly you know it is at the core of some of the uh, ways in which i facilitate lego serious play so can you tell us more about that? What does it look like to play with Legos as, as coaching or as work? Let me actually expand. Uh, yes. Let me actually expand <laughs> on uh, an activity that, that, will, that I'll use. Um, so very briefly, Lego, the company, got their, their first toy was actually a wooden duck. I mean, this is in Belund in 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 Europe 80, 90 years ago, I believe. And this is when toys were most of the time just carved out of wood. And it was one of those ducks that you had a, a string and you pulled along. I actually think I had one or maybe it was <laughs> passed down to me um, as a child. And so in homage to that, they actually have uh they actually have these little bags of ducks it's about six pieces and a lot of the lego serious play facilitators use these bags specifically for the purpose of trust and communication so imagine for a moment that that we both got a a a 
bag of six Lego bricks that can make up a duck. I'm not really sure exactly how many different combinations of ducks there are, but every single way in which you put these three or four yellow bricks and a couple orangey colored bricks and one brick with an eyeball together is a duck, right? Okay. So one of the things that one of the things that we that we'll use with this is we will actually have um, we will actually have a a team center centered around one person who is blindfolded. Mm. And they, the person blindfolded gets to set out their bricks, six bricks on the table in front of them. And then each member of the team gets to give one piece of instructions building upon the next person. The thing is, is that you have to trust that, that each, each instruction is going to help that you, ha you have to give up. You want to share different things. What I like to say is bricks are data, right? And so you have to use your data as well as possible to uh, share your information so that people can trust the point you're trying to get across. Nice. So you've given us a clear picture of what this looks like in a team, in a group setting, but you mentioned that you also work with people individually. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference or, or how does it qualitatively feel when it's just one person playing rather than playing in a, in a group? Sure. You know, the same exact things that happen in a coaching session will happen with a Lego serious play coaching session. I, I say that every coaching session, there is a once a client will either come in and tell you something about what if, what they would like to be a desired state, a place that they want to be. And when we'll ask them about, well, what is, right? How are you now? Mm -hmm. Or they'll come in and say, here's where I am now. I want to be in a different place. And we say, well, where would you like that? Place? <laughs> right? And then they create the what if. If you can allow, if you can picture with me, when there is a what is that is built and there is a what if that is built and it could be built in the client's mind through our conversation or quite literally built with Lego, then there is a space in between that I refer to as the liminal space. And that is where all coaching happens in that the liminal space is that uncertain I'm not here, but I'm not there. I don't know exactly what's happening. There's challenges, obstacles, opportunities. And, and so quite literally, when we build the what is and what if, we can literally talk about what's happening between the builds. And that's where there's a slight difference between my coaching Lego series play and my teams and groups, because in the coaching framework, we actually talk just as much about the space between the builds as we do the builds themselves. A 
before I moved into coaching, I, I was a psychotherapist and, and some of the, some of the, my theoretic orientation to get very clinical, um, was, was, uh, humanistic existential and, and part, part of that theoretic philosophy or psychology is, is gestalt theory and gestalt meaning from the, the German word, the sum is more, the, the, the whole is more than the sum of its parts. It's about parts work. Mm -hmm. And so I say that because the truth is, is that even everybody has different parts of themselves, right? Yeah. There is the part of themselves that show up to the office, which may be different than the part of themselves that show up on the weekends. There are different parts. There is you know, the, the parent that is internalized in them. There is the child that wants to come play, right? There is all the different parts. And, and so what's powerful about working individually with a client is that of course, the conversation is gonna, is gonna become even more intimate uh, to use that word. And what happens is, is that once they build their thought, we can break down the different parts mm -hmm. and talk about literally, literally pull apart the challenge from the opportunity. So much of what happens with our, uh, when our mental wellness has taken a dip is because the, the good and the not so good has become conflated and we start to only see things through a somewhat muddied or, or darker lens. And oftentimes it's when we can reframe or separate out saying, I am not my feelings, right? I am, I, I, I feel this way, but I am not this way. And when we doing that with Lego quite literally allows, well, that feeling that you have that you just built right there, how can you remove this? If you want to pull it away, what, is, what are the steps that you need to do? There's something I find really interesting about how Paul talks about the interaction between psychotherapy and Legos. And it is a combination of complexity and making things concrete. Giving meaning and making tangible all the different pieces, it allows our brain to not have to remember all of it, right? Mm. Our brains could only hold on to so many different nodes of information at a time. And, and what happens with a Lego serious play, either session or, or facilitation, is that you get to offload some of your thoughts and feelings because you, you associate them into the bricks themselves. And so right. this is what I, I tell people all the time when I run a session, I might even say, I might've even said it in the workshop that you're at. Uh, I'll say that bill that you just created, you have, you will remember it better in a month from now than any conversation you have because you have given it weight and meaning and you've made it tangible. You have anchored it in, in time. And so because of that, because you can put so many pieces down, the brain can then focus on, on what is figural. And that's, 
the one other part of, of Gestalt theory. There is this notion of figure and ground, figure being what you, what you are setting your gaze upon and the ground being everything else that is in the background. The thing is with, with this work is that we can shift our gaze to what is meaningful at the time, that brick, that build, and the others, but the other stuff we don't forget, you know? And so it, it, it does allow for a certain level of more complicated work because the information, the data doesn't fade away like our, like our conversations may. Right. It's, it's almost like it, it is acknowledging the complexity, making that complexity more concrete so you can physically manipulate and build around it and right. examine it in different ways. Um, and then, and then you can move through it. Yeah. 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 Quite, quite literally. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, one of the things, you know, I will ask my client, I'll say, imagine if you can, because in every session and every kit, as you if you as you remember, there was a minifigure, and that and that minifigure is you. And so, at, on their build, their minifigure may move all around the the base plate, and that that's what allows them to see it from different perspectives. You know, move yourself to the end of your, of the desired state and look back, right? This is what we do when we're coaching. We say, we think about the end in mind. And then we, we help our clients like imagine themselves turning around and looking back to the now and saying, well, what are the steps to get there? Well, we do the same thing, but we actually just have them like embody that minifigure and stand up, look at it from a, from a new perspective. Cause that's, that's what we do. That's what, as a facilitator, what we help people do is look at things from different perspectives. Yeah. It's a beautiful way to be able to talk about it in the concrete way of the moving the person around into the build. We still sometimes hear about the gender differences in toys in play. So I'm curious in your work do you find that there are gender differences in how people interact with Legos or how you need to introduce the space of play uh, depending on the genders of your audience or your clients? You know, first and foremost, Lego has been amazing at the work that they've done. There's a, a letter that they, that, find it online that they sent out in the 70s, I believe, to parents that said that basically says, you know what, these bricks are for everybody. Uh, You know, they can be built in any different way. Of course, in the last 15, 20 years, they've they've made more that is that is more general neutral, neutral. And of course, more that is focused towards uh, towards girls. And also, um, when I do this work, generally the guys will be like, "Awesome, let's do this." The girls will be like, yeah, "I've never really done this before," um, <laughs> or some of them will will say that. Uh, the greatest thing is that what and, and 
I don't expect you to remember this, but in that Lego kit, in the minifigure, if you look at the face of the minifigure, it has a more feminine looking feature to it. And they, Lego has one chance, right? They get one opportunity, you get one minifigure, and they've decided that they would rather have it look especially because it's technically bald, they would <laughs> rather have it, have the facial features look more feminine, which I think is wonderful. And, and also it has come up in my facilitation where, because I give everybody a kit and some dudes will be like, this kind of doesn't look like me. And it gives an opportunity <laughs> to say, you know, there's <laughs> is an opportunity to open yourself up, to, to be okay with, with something that may not fit the norm because um, that's so much of the work that is being done. Did you always love playing with Legos? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, you know, I jokingly, tell people that you know my nine-year-old self just gives my adult self a high five all the time because I figured out a way to to, to make somewhat of a living uh, using Lego um here's the thing to go back to something that we talked about a few moments ago is that when I played with Lego I I was safe mm. um i felt held by the space that i had i was able to quiet my normally anxious young adult or childlike mind oh. and i was able to focus on one thing and i there was a certain sense of peace um it, what I've later learned is what this actually is, is, is a flow state um, taken from Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi, his work with, with flow states and how at some point we've all been in that flow state where time slows down, we get very single-minded, we get very focused, we feel very powerful and then you know, the phone may ring or or something may happen and then we're, we're out of it and we're like, no, I was, um, and, and I think nowadays we, we, want, we want and need that more as our phones ding and our, you know, computers bling and, um, and our attention span has shortened. And back then I, I was in a flow state where I felt wonderful and I had been trying had been trying to find that feeling for years after that and when i when i got back into lego um i i that feeling came back and i just want other people to have that feeling again and, and what a flow state is 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 when something is difficult but not too hard uh challenging but not too challenging easy but not too easy and there's just this little space that that you feel 
at, you know, just single-minded with whatever task that you're in. It could be doing the dishes and it could be shooting hoops, um, but, it, but it's a wonderful feeling, whatever it is. And I think everybody wants to have more of feelings of flow. So safety, quiet, focus, a flow state. Everybody needs to just go out and get some more Legos, right? <laughs> I think so. Um, you know, and I mean, it, Lego really is the, is the vehicle to explain um, the desired results. Yes, I happen to use them more than than <laughs> than than most. But we're all talking about the same results, you know, a sense of connectedness with ourselves, a sense of connectedness with our peers, our teammates, uh, an ability to feel safe to share and, and speak out. Another wonderful thing that happens when you build your thought and your thought may have a lot of feelings attached to it as well. When, when I, as a facilitator, ask people to explain it, I say, tap and touch the build, hold it out, and have everybody listen to your words as if they were coming from the build. Mm. And what happens is, is that when you talk, literally, it's, it's third person speaking, right? You're not as associated into the feelings and you can share more because you, you don't feel quite as vulnerable. The other thing is, is that people, when I say you can ask questions, but not of the person of the build. Now they're, they're asking questions of a dissociated build and then some criticism or critique is not, at, you're not, the person is not as associated into the the feedback right. and so they can um take it in without feeling without feeling hurt right that's when we we stop right. listening when we feel when we feel like we're we've been hurt by something and right. so conversations because we're all uh not as associated into either the idea or the feeling because it's sitting out there tangibly in front of us the conversations can get even deeper. We're nearing the end of our time. I have one more question for you, but before we get there, how can people best stay connected with you to be inspired by or see what you're up to or join one of your workshops? Yeah, thank you. The best way to connect with me, pun intended, is through LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn and and my first and last name, uh, Paul Zanbar. Um, and uh, yeah, people can see my my Lego face on there. <laughs> and uh, I promise you, you will see some fun Lego memes because that's how I like to play. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, so here's my final question. Sure. Could you leave our listeners with one invitation to play at work? Yes. My invitation is for you to find an object in your house that has meaning for you, 
Now, we are meaning-making creatures. Objects don't hold energy. I'm not talking about live objects. I'm talking about, you know, a rock or a stone or, or maybe not a, a picture frame, because obviously if we see the picture, we, may, we hopefully have pictures of our family or our loved ones somewhere in our office. But maybe something that is unique to you that has meaning for you. Maybe it's in that drawer of stuff that you... Um, that, that you may not open very every once in a while, find an object that anchors you in a positive place mm. and bring that object to work. Literally, I'm asking you to go back to being five and go back to show and tell and, and, and bring that object and put it on your desk. And hopefully somebody will say, well, what, that's, what did you, you have something <laughs> on your desk that you didn't before. And, and then you can say, yeah, that object, it, that object anchors me in this way. It reminds me to, it reminds me to, to trust my heart. It reminds me to, to give my, my, you know, my, wife or husband a kiss the moment I get home and I and I and I have that anchored into my day and hopefully that turns into another way to share and and connect in, in other ways with people because you know that that saying of bringing your whole self to work is a wonderful thing to say but it's sometimes a little harder to do well Give yourself a hand, bring a toy in and put it on your desk. And hopefully it'll spark a conversation for you to have a deeper connection with somebody at work and share something positive and um, that feels good to you. And that is contagious <laughs> and other people may like to do the same. Love that. And I found in the, in the virtual world, having those things like on the shelf right behind you right. can also invite conversations. Totally. That's, you know, interestingly, in the last few years, we've had an opportunity to bring ourselves more to work because we were at home, right? right. And, and a lot of it is like what you have in your background says a lot about you. Well, you know what? Bring, if you're having to go back into the office, which a lot of us are, are doing, bring some of that with you with you yeah I love that I will also add that there have been times in my professional life where we've given each other toys mm. and so when I was moving relocating my office at one point I discovered or rediscovered the small Yoda that one person had given me in appreciation right. of my teaching her something and the yeah. superhero rubber duck that another person had given me totally. when she was uh, complimenting like what I had contributed to a, a project. Um, and, and so remembering toys as the markers both of who we are, what our identity is, and what we may have shared with another person. Oh, that's just a beautiful reminder. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, and just I would say if it feels a bit silly, probably something good. <laughs> Perfect way to end. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you for listening to the Lead with a Dash of Play podcast. 
There's one more story that Paul shared, which I am looking forward to sharing with you on the last episode of this season. We have one more guest before then, and I know you will enjoy her story as well. All of our guests have brought such different ideas to this concept of redefining play and really reconsidering its place for us in the professional world. The music that you've heard on this podcast and all of the episodes was created and provided by Reza Zaidi and Joanna Stevens. It's titled Holding Rain. This podcast was created out of curiosity, and I hope you'll share your thoughts and questions with me. Email me at mary at maryhendra.com, join the conversation on LinkedIn, or stop by my website to see what your play style might be. I put together a fun activity at maryhendra.com slash play.